guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Parking Lot. I'm joined by Kyle, Stuart, Logan, and myself. We've got the full group today. We will be discussing some of the early trends that we've seen in the NBA. Um, now, with seven games under our belt, talking about some of the uh, fun storylines, some of the interesting storylines, and breaking down the beginning of the season, what we think will continue throughout. Let's jump into it. After New Year's edition, first episode of 2021. Hope your holiday season was awesome. Hope you're having a great New Year's. Can't be worse than last year, right? So, uh, looking up, we're looking up, everybody. Looking up, bigger and better, right? Absolutely. That's right. And the NBA has been back. We've had a couple weeks of NBA under our belt. Uh, it's been awesome so far, I, I think. And we're going to get into all that. We're going to uh, each get into a couple of our uh, kind of favorite or notable players, teams, trends. You name it. Uh, just kind of quick hit some of our uh, some of our favorite uh, of those here in the podcast today. But wanted to let you guys know um, we will have a a relatively prominent guest uh, next week on our podcast. Um, anyone in Arizona will definitely know his name, and I'm sure even a lot of people outside of Arizona will know his name as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, probably our, our our biggest guest by far today and we, we want to have some more guests on going forward so um if you know you do listen feel free to reach out to us on twitter uh on instagram we're going to create some social media platforms really trying to expand this and roll it out a little bit more this year so uh we want to do some kind of mailbag episodes where we get feedback from listeners um even if you're a first time casual listener if you've kind of listened to us all the way we'd love to hear feedback get some questions, do a mailbag episode. We'd love to have some guests from different fan bases on. We're kind of spread all across the country at this point. So we'd love to kind of diversify a little bit more, um, get some some different opinions and uh, perspectives from different fan bases out there. So yeah, looking forward to it. A lot of big things coming in 2021 um, here at the parking lot. So absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's get rolling because we got a lot to get into. Um, We'll try to keep these relatively brief, uh, but we really just want to kind of get into some of these noticeable trends, players, teams, everything like that. So I, uh, I really wanted to start off um, by talking about um, – what was my first point? I, I wanted to talk about a trend. I wanted to talk about uh, some of these new looks that players are, are rocking this year. Um, I mean, did, did you guys see that Kawhi Leonard face mask last night? Oh man, that was something. Dude. It's it's kind of weird looking if we're being honest, right? Like, oh uh, dude, that was some heat, man. That's that's gonna be on the runways in Paris. Like that thing was nice. Just had, it, it kind of accentuated his lips a little bit. You know what I mean? It almost it was like a it was like a natural lip filler, if you will. Whew. Uh, what did Tom Chambers say on? What is Tom Chambers or Tom or uh, or the Tom Leander saying? The uh, calling him Leatherface. <laughs> they kept on them. Yeah, other face. The return of other face. <laughs> yeah, dude, that thing was scary though. He looked. He, I mean, he really is a cyborg wearing that thing. It, it was. It was pretty wild. But <laughs> uh, what? Who are the? Who else has like hairstyle changes? I know that De'Aaron Fox is 
Uh, yeah, he cut. He got all cut up. Now, which might have yeah. been last year too, but I think that was. I think he did that last year. He did, but it's just every time I watch him, still it kind of looks. It kind of looks off to me. Yeah. Yeah, um, it does. I agree. It was kind of the whole Alfred Payton thing. Um, who went? Oh cornrows? yeah, that's a good one. Somebody went cornrows this year. That was like, whoa. Paul George uh, has cornrows now. PG. Yeah. It, it, it kind of fits him to be honest. Like he needed to change. Do you like, do you like it after last year? <laughs> Honestly, just anything to to change up, like out <laughs> of the bubble, just fresh start. Yeah, I don't know. AI is like the ultimate cornrow guy, but uh, it, it does suit some some people. I think when TJ Warren did it last year, it looked pretty good too. But so, uh, uh, so Steph, hot. Yeah, yeah I don't so like, hot I don't take. like Steph that much. I, I'll be honest. I thought Steph was kind of. Eh, he's got like the kind of like the braided like. You know who does that is uh, the Martin brothers, Cody mm-hmm. and is it Zach in Charlotte? Oh, I, yeah, I, think I can look like, it up. It's like the princess braids. Logan, what were you saying? Um, I was just going to say, going off of uh, Darren Fox, uh, Alfred Payton, I think uh, hot take next year, it's Colin Sexton. He's, he'll be the, the trifecta of the big hair gone little hair. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's um, interesting. Uh, small point guard, so – uh, that that that's my hot take for next year is Colin Sexton. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I, it's always fun to see the new year. Guys change up their hairstyles. I'm watching uh, Sacktown play Golden State right now. And oh yeah. Dude, let me tell you, Kyle Guy looks like a pharmaceutical salesman. Like that guy does not belong <laughs> in the NBA. Like, dude, you got to do something. Got to get like a little fade going. Or, I don't know, but <laughs> he is so clean cut. It's funny. All right, that was, that was my first thought. I just I, I love I love the new season because we always get to see like what guys are unveiling and, and different styles, sure. hairstyles are rocking with. So, awesome. What's uh what's kind of your first one? What's jumped out to you so far this year? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Let's bring them up. Let's Ooh. get them out of the way. It's, um, we're like ten minutes in. It's been almost ten minutes too late to bring up the Phoenix Suns. I know. <laughs> hey, five. So five and two uh, losses to Sacktown and the Clippers now. But they've had some really good wins. They had the back-to-back that was Utah one night and then back-to-back in Denver, which is really historically a pretty tough back-to-back. And I know a lot of Suns fans were, like, going into it, we were really hoping to pull one of those wins out out of the two. And so it felt like a really, really nice win to win both of those. I'm curious your thoughts on on the team and what you're liking, um, what's standing out to you so far. Like, is it sustainable? Yeah, in my mind, I think it – does feel sustainable, not just because they have Chris Ball, but I feel like D-Book and, and CP3 have been kind of almost taking a back seat some nights. It's been Michael Bridges. It's been Cam Johnson. It's been campaign. And that's what feels sustainable about it is, it's, one, it's a defensive effort night in and night out. I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, and I don't see that going anywhere. And they're just they're shooting all over the place. Like night to night, you're going to get production from different guys. It, it really does feel sustainable, not just as a Suns fan, but objectively I think they're going to be a really good team and a really tough playoff matchup sure yeah I think you hit the main points Kyle like the I I was going to bring up um you know their their bench you know between Bridges and Johnson and stuff but um that and then just like the shooting like they they just have shooters all over the board and it's so weird to see like normally when you look at like the box score and it's like oh Devin Booker's only got like 20 uh and then even like CP3 like he could have like 10 and it's like we we could still be up by twenty in that game. Like we just have gotten great production from some of these so, guys that so different, so different. Yeah, very different. Um, 
I remember that national game that they won um, when they played New Orleans, the Pelicans, um, in, in the game that they had to go to other games because we were winning by so much, which that was a change for <laughs> – that was a change for Phoenix for sure. Never um, seen that before. Never had that happen in, ever. Um, so it was so weird, like, because they kept talking about, like, man, like, if you would have told me that Devin Booker and Chris Paul had to combine 10 points, you'd think that they were losing by 30, not winning by 30. So that was – awesome to see so cool yeah i think i think the way we've been winning the games in different fashions and in different ways shows me that it's sustainable like we've had a blowout we've had uh we've had a close a close a close win we've had a game that was close and then we took we took the lead and kept moving on and, and ended up winning by 16 against sacramento um we blew a blew a big lead but still ended up grinding out and winning a game sure. like I think we've just won in so many different ways that it feels sustainable. Unlike last year where we started off hot as well. Um, but I felt like last year, it felt like we were overachieving the whole time. Like sure. I felt like, I felt like, Oh man, we beat the Clippers barely. And we inched it out. That feels great. Like we, we lost by one to Denver. Oh man. But it felt like we were overachieving the whole time. Whereas this time I feel like this is what I sus- expect from the team. And we're winning in so many different ways that it feels more sustainable to me. So here's a question for you then. Um, Cam, Cam Johnson has been playing outstanding, shooting the ball, spreading the floor. He's, he's big. He rebounds. Michael Bridges, his defense is he, – he should get more recognition nationally for his defense. He is – He's starting to true, get – I'm seeing more and more buzz about mm-hmm. – like, For volume. anyone who's listening and who isn't a Suns fan – Truly, I, I'd be a mistake if I didn't talk about Michael Bridges. What when you when we when Phoenix comes to your city, watch. He is so so talented and so long defensively. Um, they can switch. They're so. Are you concerned about some of those guys like in their shooting, like because they're shooting the ball really well? And I expect them to be good shooters and consistently good shooters. But do you worry that some of these shots that are falling won't fall, and that that will be a detriment down the line? That's my. That's like one of my only concerns. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that, that's fair. Like, they've started off really well. I mean, if we think back to last year, like, they started really well last year, too. I remember through the first, like, seven games, we were, like – or it was, like, five and two or, like, four and three, something similar to this. Like, sure. Suns, like, out of the gate looked really good. But I, I think that Michael specifically has, like – he has, like, dialed in his shot. Like, he had worked on it. And, like, you saw the improvement in the bubble last year. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you had kind of started to see, oh, he's been working on it. And this year, it's, like, he is a thousand times more confident. Cam is shooting just as good, if not better, than last season because he is just a knockdown shooter. But what's impressive about him is he's increasing and expanding his game to not just be the three-point shooter. Is that he can cut and drive. He can hit the mid-range shot. So, I think that's what's encouraging is that these players are developing more parts of their game and part of their shooting happen. you know, their shooting happens to be part of that. Yeah, I think since Langston Galloway was announced to the Suns by Woj, I don't think he's missed a shot since he's been in Phoenix yet. So that's been really encouraging as well. Dude, the guy comes in and he'll play five minutes and have nine points. It's yep. absolutely insane. Yeah, I shared this, this stat with you guys before the season, but Chris Paul on pick and rolls, 52% of the time that Chris Paul is on pick and rolls in his career, it ends with a wide open wing three-point shot. Like, And so I think – the gravity that he adds to the team 
is going to open things up for, we've been talking about DeAndre Ayton a lot, but I think it's going to open things up for the wing shooters a lot. So even if they're not, even if Mikel and Cam aren't going to stay as hot as they are, I still think they're going to get open looks yes. and they're going to be much different from the looks that they've gotten in the past, which is going to be, which is going to be super helpful for them. Yeah, I totally agree. I, we'd be remiss to, to not mention Jake Crowder because I think, I think his impact sure. is huge. And I've seen some Miami writers talking about how much their lineups are missing Jay Crowder and what kind yeah. of kind of hole that's left in, on, on their roster. And so he's been awesome. Everything as, as advertised, if not more, uh, and can't wait to see him down the stretch. Let me ask one more Phoenix question then. Um, based on the start of the season, do you, has, has your thoughts changed on maybe how dangerous this team could be, or are you kind of still in that same like, where do you think they finish up now, just based on how they started? Because I, I think that we've all been pretty impressed. I don't know if that's changed your perception or if this is what you expected. Yeah, I think we've seen in the past, and I've heard this comparison a couple places just today on podcasts with the – was it the two or the three seed Portland team from a couple of years ago? And I, I think, think they that's were a two seed. I think they were a two seed, right? And I think Denver's cracked the three seed a couple of times, two or three seed. Yeah. I think it's a relatively apt comparison because I think that two L.A. teams are clearly in their own class. And we saw that last night, like, when, when that Clippers team is on. I don't know if anyone beats them. Jeez, they, w- they were incredible. For part yeah, of that I, think, I think they're much improved to the, what they were last year. So I think you got to put those two L.A. teams in their own kind of tier. Right below that, I mean, it, it's early, so you don't want to, like, start, like, reading too Absolutely. much. Absolutely. But we've seen but seven, six games. Feels, like, we should have some idea. Yeah, it feels sustainable. And I, I really think that I, I wouldn't be shocked if there were a three or a four seed at this point. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've still got him at five. You still have him at five. That's why I have him going in. And it's, it's, about, it's about what I think, think they will. Because I think you'll start to see Mikel and Cam come down to earth a little bit. For sure. But, but I, do think, I do think they're going to be a really successful team and really dangerous in the playoffs because I do think they're built for the playoffs. Absolutely. Man, yeah, it's, we could go on about the Suns. I know. I know. And, and there will be more Suns segments to come. So, I mean, if you're a Suns fan – There'll be some of that, and I know next week we'll have a Suns segment specifically with our guests. So uh, we'll get a little more into the Suns uh, going forward, and especially if they're playing as well. Absolutely. Uh, so fun to watch, so fun to talk about. So, Stuart, what's uh, your first big takeaway from the season two weeks in? Yeah, I want to I talk about Dallas a little bit. Um, I, know, okay. I know I brought them up, brought up the Porzingis injury before the podcast, and I, I always thought that with a shortened season and with – a condensed schedule with these guys playing. I mean, the Suns just came off of five games in seven nights stretch. Like they're playing a lot of games in a short period of time that I think these games are going to come, come up to bite these teams that aren't starting off well in the butt a little bit. Um, when, when the West comes down to two, three games between three and eight, like, I think it's, I think it's going to come, come back to bite these guys in the butt. And so with Porzingis being out and I think he's going to come back soon. Um, but but I think it, you've seen that with Luca struggling a little bit and getting a little bit more of of the attention. I mean, I think I think Dallas might not be as dangerous as we thought we were. As we thought they were. I don't know. Yeah, I think that it. it I'm really curious to see what kind of happens here because I I think one of the biggest things and like reasons for that Luca right now is shooting 15 percent from three on like over like 30 to 40, you know, attempts through these two or three weeks of play or whatever. And like, he's just shooting abysmal. Like it's, it's bad. 
Like yeah, I think I think Kelly Ube would like a word before you call anyway, <laughs> three point shooting abysmal, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. Or Wiggins, one of the two. They'll fight for it. Yeah. They'll fight for it. They'll probably miss, but they'll fight for it. You know. <laughs> my, my favorite comment. <laughs> just to backtrack real quick to the Suns Clippers game last night. Do you see all the comments? Because because D Book and Paul George got kind of into it, got heated like the third sure. quarter, mm-hmm. fourth quarter. I don't know. It was late in the game, <laughs> and all these comments are talking about. Paul George will take swings, but he's gonna miss them anyways. Like <laughs> yeah. he can't hit anything. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna swing for both, but hit the side of the backboards. <laughs> well, he hit everything last night, so did, I mean, yeah. Cred- yeah. credit to him. <laughs> Maybe last night he would have hit him, but yeah, I get yeah. Cracking me up. Uh, back to back to Luca. Um, have you guys seen the stuff where uh, so many reporters are gonna have to eat their words if? Trey wins an MVP before Luca. Oh, I Isn't saw that. Isn't that crazy to think about? I mean, I I'm not selling an ounce of my Luca stock. I mean, I'm sure. not I'm not saying I have a number. I have DeAndre is number one, so I can't I can't say too much. But like, I wouldn't sell any Luca stock whatsoever. But Trey, the way he's playing, the way the Hawks are playing, I don't think the Hawks are. I don't think their defense is good enough to truly be like an elite team. But right. if Trey's in an MVP conversation this year, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Trey wins an MVP before Luca? That would just Blow That'd be up insane. Internet, I think. Fascinating, right? It's crazy. But yeah, Dallas has been kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of discombobulated, it feels like, out of the gate. Um, they don't look smooth, especially for that offense. It was a historic offense last year in efficiency and everything. And it's just kind of strange. I, I know there's no KP, but I don't know. It's been, it's been a strange start, to say the least. Logan, what's your first yeah. takeaway? Yeah, so my first takeaway is um, the effect that we're seeing from the shortened offseason. Um, we are seeing teams get blown out by, like, ridiculous numbers. I mean, obviously, there was, like, the historic, like, Dallas Clippers game where, like, they had – like, that was the biggest deficit at halftime, I think, in NBA history. They They didn't yeah. – they didn't have the worst losing in NBA history, they st- but they, they lost by 52 points. And it wasn't like, oh, Paul George and Kawhi and Lou Will were all sitting. No, it was just Kawhi. Kawhi was sitting, and, and the Clippers still lost by 52. You've had um, – about a week ago, you had the Suns beat um, the Pelicans. The game ended by 25, but for most of the game, the Sun- like for the second half, the Suns were winning by 40 or more. And on that same day – you had the Bucks beat Miami by almost 50. Like, they were in the 40s. So, we have seen through these first couple of weeks of play, we've seen, like, over 20 games of 20-point deficit wins, which is insane. I feel like we've just been seeing so many. And especially, like, on some of, like, these, like, bigger teams that are supposed to be, like, a little bit better. Um, like, I remember, like, opening day, there was, like, like both the games just were like blowouts. Yeah. And then on Chris Christmas, you had the Bucks beat the Warriors by 40. And then you had the Nets beat Boston by 30. Like we we're just seeing like insane numbers. And do you guys think that there's, are there other aspects to this or are we just seeing this because of the short off season is, is, are there other factors are here? I want, I, what do you guys think? Yeah. I think it's just totally random. Cause if you, you just talked about how the Bucks blew up the Warriors by 40 on Christmas, two nights later, the Bucks got, just completely walloped by the Knicks. Yeah. 20 or 30 point loss. So it's just all over the place. I think it's just a shortened off season, lack of continuity, not much of a training camp. And there's so many trades 
this year was no exception this last offseason. There's a lot of moving pieces and new faces. And so without any of that stability, I think there's just going to be nights like this. But mm-hmm. So I had, a, I had a thought, and I noticed this last night. I, I had this thought last night with the Clippers and the Suns game. But the Clippers were hitting everything. I think they were 10 of 15 in the three-point line at halftime. And so they're hitting all these shots. And the Suns, I really felt like they were getting good looks, and they just weren't falling. I, I didn't think that they were playing necessarily bad basketball, just shots weren't falling, and the other way shots were. And so I do think that the trend of the NBA, because we're seeing so many three-point shooting teams now, mm-hmm. and the pace is so fast, that I do think that you're going to see more consistent. I, I, I do believe it's partly on the short and off season, but I do think it, it'll be a trend that we'll see because teams are playing so fast and shooting so many three-pointers that when you're on and the other team isn't, these blowouts are going to happen. And when you get down 20, 30 points, like the Suns were able to climb back into that game, which was really encouraging, but it's just hard to do that when teams are shooting and hitting that many shots. And so I do think that this will be something we're going to see more as the NBA continues to adopt the three-point ball and the percentages and what the what all the you know smart stats guys say about the three-point shot. I think that plays a lot into why this is happening. I, I think that's a great point. I think, I think we've kind of seen since the Warriors kind of blew up in their four to six year, four to six year run of being dominant. The the league's a copycat league, and so I feel like every team has kind of turned to Warrior style basketball. But the problem is, the Warriors had Steph Curry, who's probably undisputably the greatest shooter of all time. And yeah, numero uno. And Clay Thompson, who's probably top five. Or yeah. Numero dos. <laughs> yeah. You had two historically great shooters on that team that led that offense. And these other teams, you don't have that. Like, and I think that's going to play a factor. So I think that's a great point. But I do think this dramatic of, a, of blowouts, blowouts we're seeing and inconsistency is because of the shortened offseason. But I agree. I think it's a trend that, that we may see going forward in the future. For yeah. sure. Yeah, very interesting to see that. But, yeah, just those bloods have just been crazy. Like, there's just been huge numbers. But, yeah, and I think that, like, that's going to affect, like, a lot of, like, like rookies. Like, I think you're going to see, like, like, rookies take a little bit longer to kind of get acclimated because they have, like, that lack of, you know, they've had that not – they haven't had the regular training camp and all that other stuff. So, right. really interesting to see. Absolutely. For sure. And I think, sure. and I think fans in the stands – might be having some semblance of an effect as well. Like Good I've point. heard a couple of players, I've had a couple of players talk about that, that they're having to create their own energy and energy from the sidelines. Cause they're not getting that from the fans. So I think that could be a contributing factor as well. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. All right, like Kyle, that. what's your takeaway number two? Yeah, I've got a, uh, I got my man, Julius Randall. Uh, he has hey. completely changed his game, not changed his game, but evolved his game. The Knicks Mr. are benefiting from it. Knicks beat the Hawks tonight. They are four and three. Um, and Dude, I, I think like they're Julius, fifth right now. It's crazy. It's wild, right? And it's early. We're seven games in. <laughs> yeah, but still. What Julius is stop doing count. specifically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, stop <laughs> right now, is, is really impressive. And I think relatively sustainable. He had 28, 17, and nine tonight. And on the season, he's averaging 21 and a half, 10 and a half rebounds. And almost seven and a half assists per Holy. game. The assist numbers wow. are what really has blown me away. Is, is they're they're running their offense through him. And credit credit RJ Barrett. He had twenty six tonight. 
Um, and RJ has been a lot better. I've been a, a critic of RJ's to, you know, early on sure. and through his rookie year. He had, a, he had a rough rookie year. But really the offense is running through Julius Randle, and it's been really impressive what he's been able to do as a distributor, as a playmaker. He's always been able to rebound. He's always been able to get his in the paint especially. Yeah. Um, and you know who it reminds me of? I, I know – I know you guys will appreciate this, but uh, you rule out Super Smash Brothers, and you have your pick of so many different characters. But if you, if you run out Mario Kart, like the next night or after you play Super Smash Brothers, you usually go to a different character. There's few characters that are versatile enough that you can run in both games. I mean, I like to Bowser for one. I like to Donkey Kong for another. That's what I feel like Julius Randle's doing. He is like cross-platform, cross-game. <laughs> like you can use this guy. He is. Totally changed his game. I love it. I love watching him. But I, I just had to shout that out because, and now this can get a little, a little dangerous. So I'm not trying to make like a direct Donkey Kong comparison here. This is purely, purely on a game level. That's all I'm trying to say. But Julius Randle, <laughs> he's got a little DK to him because like you really can run it. He's, he's nimble. He's mobile enough to, to run in Logan. You know this as well as anyone in Super Smash. But I run Donkey Kong hey. and Mario Kart all the time. He's got a little bit of giddy up to him and. Man, just nothing but love for Julius Randle. Watch out for Kyle and those yellow balloons, am I right? <laughs> dude, battle, dude. Don't, don't mess with me. So I think the interesting part of Julius Randle's start was I think he got a lot – I think he was very much discredited, especially – he had a poor year last year, I think, overall. Um, like, he didn't shoot the three-point ball very well. Like, last year he ended up at 27% from three, and this year's at 50. And so that's going to adjust itself a little bit. Um but I think people really dismissed him because of Obi Toppin, right? He, he comes in mm-hmm. similar position, similar type of game. And so I think you would think that there was going to be this maybe balance of power between those two guys. And I think it's impressive that he's been able to play so well. I'm just, I, I haven't obviously been able to watch a lot of Knicks games, but the seven and a half assists, I mean, that is, that is seriously impressive. And I always liked Julius Randle. I know he has flaws in his game, but I've always been a big fan of his game, but man, that's, that's super impressive. Um, well, Kyle, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I think Julius Randle, he's got the, the high score on Bowser's Big Bean Burrito. Oh, so, uh... <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta stop you right there. The only... Uh, the one really if, donkey, anyone out there, if anyone out there knows uh, Video Game Donkey, you'll know what I'm talking about. But, uh... <laughs> so, so, Kyle, do you think is, is Randle, is he... You know, obviously we're so early in, you know, I don't think we fully know, but is... Is he the kind of guy that teams will chase kind of at the at the trade deadline? Or yeah, that's a great question. And I thought you were gonna ask me a different question. I thought you were gonna ask me, is he an all-star? <laughs> and dude, I, I mean, how can you not be an all-star with those numbers? That's that's amazing. That's I, impressive. I think if he keeps this up, which it looks sustainable, the eye test looks, you know, it passes the eye test. I would say, you know, at this point I'd say he's an all-star, and yes, absolutely. Teams are gonna be chasing him because he started showing this a little bit last year. Like I remember last year, like there were Chris multiple Bosch times. Right now. Yeah, like there remember the multiple times last year where like you looked at Julius Randall and you're like, dude, like, like I remember like as like Suns fans like looking for a power forward, like someone to play at the four. It's like, oh, I would love to go get Randall. Like, um, obviously he's a little expensive, you know. I mean he's he's beefy, you know. He's DK, but uh, I think he's you know he's he's showing that he's worth it right now. So that's awesome. Dude. Cue up the smash mouth, man. That guy's an all-star this year. I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Austin, you got to take. We got we to move on. All this right, let's do it. Place. All right, let's go, let's go Trey Young and the Hawks. 
Uh, I'm curious about your opinion about some of Trey Young's Twitter beef with Grayson Allen. I'm curious <laughs> about I, he's shooting like 45 free throws a game right now with a six, as a 6'2", 185-pound guard. I'm just kind of curious about just the, the Hawks and just Trey Young in general. And um, They played really well. I know some people have been really impressed. I think they're 4-3 and three right now, right? But mm-hmm. just kind of curious about what you've seen so far from the Hawks. What, what's impressed you? Yeah, I mean, they'd be 5-2 and two if they could beat New York tonight. But, I mean, I got Julius Randle. No, D-K. I <laughs> – Trey, Trey Young is an amazing man. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible. Defensively, I don't know how much improvement he's made. I haven't had the chance to dig into, like, kind of his defensive sets and see if he's improved on that side. But he's just so – he's even taken another step as just a shot creator and as a finisher and – Night in, night out, he's given you 30 and 12. It's just ridiculous. Like, um, yeah, he's been amazing. <laughs> the the Twitter beef, I think, is laughable. I, I don't it's know. It's so ridiculous, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> But on the court, off the court, I, I cannot stand for Trey Young off the court. The hair, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, – uh, he was promoting a movie. One of these movies, groups or whatever. Yeah, what movie was that? I saw a commercial for it. Oh, dude, he's just so bad on camera. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand him. Like he's so corny. But on the court, man, he's a pleasure to watch. He's been so awesome. I, uh, I thought it was funny because I know that he was a big Steve. Now, because when, when this, when he was in the draft, I know we talked about like the Suns were in that top, top tier area, you know, and in terms of picks, and so I know he talked about Phoenix and his love for Steve Nash. And so Steve, one of Steve Nash's first games coaching, he's like complaining about Trey Young's uh, little booty bounce to get the foul calls. You know? And I'm like, that's gotta be devastating. Like your idols coaching for another team. And he's just like, I hate this guy. He's not playing real basketball. You know, did you guys hear on, I don't know if you listen to Zach Lowe. I know we've talked about him a little bit, but yeah, he was saying if, if Trey Young had Kyle Lowry's booty, can you imagine yeah. the damage he would do with that move? <laughs> He's putting guys on on IR, dude. That's that's scary. He would, he would he'd be getting offensive fouls versus versus getting to the <laughs> yeah. line. It'd be like he'd be foul, he'd foul out with the seven minute mark in the first. Kyle Lowry watches those clips and he's like, "Man, I wish I could do that." He's like, "I'm not allowed." Do you guys, real quick, do you guys have a guess about how many free throws he's taking per game right now? He's, okay. I mean, he is, yeah, Trey Young. He is a six one one eighty listed point guard. Do you know how many free throws he's taking a game right now? Give any guess. Not that high. He's way high. I'm going to down the line. I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. 37. <laughs> I mean, so he, he's at 12. 12 free throws a game. Could you imagine oh, DeAndre Ayton getting to the free throw line 12 times? We'd, yeah, we'd, have, an, we'd have an aneurysm over in Phoenix. Yeah. If, I mean, it's just that, – that's honestly so insane. Like, he's getting – 11, 12 points every night from the free throw line. I mean, that it's that would have been so special. much more impressive if Logan didn't drop 17 right off the bat. <laughs> I should have said yes. I should have just gone with it. Like, it yes, like, yeah. 17 a game. Because 12 is honestly a huge number for a small guard like that. Uh, but really quick, uh, before we move on from the Hawks, uh, shout out to to my guy DeAndre Hunter, dude. He's like oh, pretty your good. guy out of the draft. Yeah, I, I, I really liked Hunter coming out. Um, I mean. Hunter's definitely looked a lot better than his counterpart from Virginia, uh, Ty Jerome, who is uh, – I think he went back to Virginia. Like, I, I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. I think, like, he just, like, went back to college. So Like a fifth-year um, option kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, something like that. A um, super no, grad transfer. 
<laughs> Where was well, that again? Like, Virginia? He went to Virginia? <laughs> okay. Yeah. UVA, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, and I, I was super stoked on Ty Jerome coming to the league, but man, he's disappointed. But Hunter has looked really good. Um, right now, Hunter is like, um, I mean, he's averaging like 15 points a game, which is uh, just a little bit higher than before. But I mean, in two of his last three games, he's been scoring 23, 25 points, got like six rebounds, shooting like 48 from three. So like he's looking on like three or four attempts a game. So like he's been looking pretty good. So I've it's been the guy they drafted. You know what I mean? That's who they were, they expected to get. Yeah, exactly. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a legit defender like, as well. He's sure. I mean, yes. he's a he's a good defender. Like. He could totally be in that, like, Michael Bridges, like, exactly. kind of shoot, defend. Like, he's he's a good defender as well. I'm happy for him. I, I, I really well, was a big fan of Hunter coming out. And yeah. I know this is kind of in the same vein, but a different team, and we're bouncing all over the place. But I got to shout out Stu with Sadiq Bay real quick. I saw that yeah. guy the other night had, like, he was, like, six of eight from three or something. Like, he's not afraid to shoot it. He's looked really good. I, those are similar mold of players to me. Right. Um, yeah. And I think they both look good so far. So. <laughs> But that leads us right into Stu. What's your next? What's your next takeaway, my man? Um, I think I think we got to talk a little bit about the Sixers. I think yeah. like there was a lot of there was a lot of questions with them coming in about mm-hmm. like I mean, is Doc Rivers going to fit? Like, how good can this team be? How good can Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid actually be? And so far, I mean, they're six and one now after tonight. Like their defense, I think it's number one rated in the league at this point, and. Tobias Harris has come out and looked looked really, really good in his last four to five games. Like yeah. he, he could be in the conversation for most improved player with if he keeps those type of numbers from the last four or five games up. I think he's 50, 40, 90 from the field, uh, from the splits. Um, and he's a guy that we've talked about a lot of, I think one of those guys that's overpaid and, and undervalued. Um, and, that's a good yeah, and he kind of Kevin Love mold of a guy that we talk about he's super overpaid but he's still a good player yeah um so so he's he's had a great season and, and doc rivers i mean credit to him so far it's still early but but they look really good coming out of the gate yeah i i will say one disclaimer though they've had a very easy schedule uh they've played um and i guess to be fair, their easy schedule has teams that are in the top of the East, but teams that we are positive will fall out, teams like <laughs> Orlando and Cleveland. But they've played Orlando, Cleveland, Charlotte twice, Toronto, New York, and Washington. So, like, they have they, – like, they've been towing with, like, the bottom of the barrel there. So, like, yes, I think they have looked good, but – like, I look at, like, who they've played so far, and there hasn't been one game where I'm like, oh, like, that's a good test for them, you know? Like, these games have been and – like, and they're still winning their games. I mean, still, like, you got to give them the credit. But, like, uh, but their I, first I real say, game is on Thursday say, against Brooklyn. And I'm really excited for that game. But I think they look yes. fluid. I do think, like, just on the court schematically, like, it just – it looks better. There's, there's so yeah, much – more they're, shooting. They're pos- yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and and Ben Simmons has been – he's already dropped a couple triple-doubles this year. Like, it just looks like he's more comfortable like, in the position they have him. But it's it's been good to see. Yeah. So, the question becomes, would you still trade Ben Simmons for James Harden if this stuff continues, if they keep playing this well? Um, that's a good question, actually. I, I think at this point I would still do it. But if we're four months down the road 
and Harden is going three for 22 every night, and Ben Simmons is only getting better. It, it gets tougher. At this point, I think I would still do it. but Yeah, I would too. I would too at this point. I just think James Harden – like, I know that we've, we've given him a, a lot of grief, and, for, and rightfully so, but <laughs> the guy is so good. He, yeah, he so rolls good. out of bed and drops 45 and 13. <laughs> uh, he's so good. He'd be he'd be a good. We fit don't know with whose bed it is, but he rolls out of someone's bed and, and drops forty five and thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say Seth Curry. I I have I have been very much. I don't know. I I know Dallas really wanted Josh Richardson. I know he's a really talented player, but I've always kind of said that like I feel like they were gonna miss Seth Curry a little bit, and I felt like maybe that trade wasn't so. Lo- I feel like it was presented a little bit lopsided. Um, Seth Curry right now is averaging 16 a game, um, four assists. Like not, he's not doing much. Not, he's not like necessarily an elite playmaker, but he's shooting uh, 51% from the three point line on five and a half attempts. Like he's just providing so much value shooting in that starting lineup next to Ben Simmons. And we saw JJ Redick for years be so successful with that group. And they still didn't have a lot of shooting then. And I feel like the shooting on this team is a lot better and um, they're really good defensively, and his number. I think he's going to have an awesome year. I think he's going to be fantastic for him. And um, I, I don't know. I think Philly's going to be right there, at the top three. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I think they're. I think. I think they're just built so much better than they have been in years past. So much better for Embiid and for Simmons specifically, but just I'm overall, drinking the for sure. way more traditional. I'm drinking it. I'm, I'm buying the hype. Absolutely. All right, Logan, what's your next takeaway? Yeah, so my next takeaway, um, and I think at the uh, end of mine, this might lead in cutting into Kyle's next one because it's the same team. But uh, so mine is Tyrese Halliburton on Sacramento Kings. Um, so Halliburton is the rookie that they just picked up, you know, a steal yeah. at the 12th seed or whatever, 11 or 12th seed. And he has looked very good. Now, obviously, you know, still so fresh and everything, but he's coming off the bench, which is kind of interesting because um, you, like, you've got Fox and Heald and Bagley and Holmes, and I think they have Barnes, Barnes but right. they've just chosen to have Halliburton coming off the bench. But he's shooting really well. He's averaging 10 points a game right now, shooting 50% from three on like five attempts a game. Uh, uh, four, insane. four attempts a four game, attempts, shooting 50%. Yeah. He's got a steal per game. He's averaging a steal per game, four assists per game. Like he has come off the bench, but the thing is he's playing in like, he's playing in crunch time, which has been really cool to see because he's next to Fox and then they throw healed at three. And then I think they've been moving Barnes to like four and then Holmes at five or they'll sub in Bagley at five or something like that. Right. But, Halliburton is already like very early showing that he is going to help them a lot. Um, now the Kings are like three and three right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I think that they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. They've had some really good games, but in general, um, Tyrese Halliburton was my dark horse pick for rookie of the year. And so far he's looked great. So like, I I'm really stoked on him. I think he looks awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be really good for Sacramento. We, we, we've, been, we've been blessed to watch Sacramento twice now, and, and I yeah. say blessed because of Tyrese Halliburton. And uh, I know we, talking about the draft a lot at 10, I know we loved Halliburton. And it really does seem like he wanted to get to Sacramento. I know that's been speculated. 
But um, but watching him play against Phoenix, um, he was able to guard. He's able. I, I think he does a good job between the one and the two. I don't think that he does. I would maybe be a little bit worried that he'd be too small to guard twos. And his length and athleticism, I think, is totally for real. I totally buy it. NBA uh, in the NBA, I think he's going to be a really good, solid player. And he was able to. He's versatile, so you can play him next to Fox. And um, he's fun to watch. He can shoot the ball. He's he's I fast, know. athletic. Um, I'm curious to see what his role is going to develop into, though. Um, right. Like, I, I like him as a sixth man coming off and being able to score, and he plays crunch minutes. Like, he gets the minutes, but, like, next to Fox, next to Heald, I'm curious to see where, like, what his trajectory is going to be, like, and how how far he can climb. Because For I sure. But I do think he could be in that rookie of the year final three or four right there. So, that's a great yeah, pick. I think so. I think so, too. And his, his shot still looks kind of funky, but – like he's shooting it really well though. So it's kind of like, he, he still kind of like brings it kind of from kind of low when he shoots and it releases pretty high, but I mean, he's shooting 50% on four attempts a game. So I mean like that's as a rookie, that's solid. Like that's super good. Playing Fantastic. good defense. That's all you can ask. So Fantastic. Kyle, I, I think Sacktown uh, jumps into your, one of your takeaways, right? Or is this like a half takeaway? Well, listen, you know, I want to talk about <laughs> Kyle guy. Okay. That's, I, I wish I could just do a whole Kyle guy podcast. No, I have nothing to say about Kyle Guy. We're gonna get into uh to the Marvins, Marvin, Marvin Jr., Marvin the Third here in a little bit. But uh, no, I actually wanted to kind of go. I wanted to audible here a little bit. I've got an oh, NBA okay. conspiracy I want to throw at you guys. Um, oh, here we guys, go. I'm gonna keep it brief, but I've been I've been chewing on this one for a while. Um, and it's this this latest news is really kind of kind of broken through the iceberg, if you will. But uh, did you guys hear about? The Alibaba founder, Jack Ma, how he is not been seen in public for two months. So this is more of like a this this was reported yesterday. A couple news outlets broke this story. Um, so this is more of like a national, global, really international story. But he's a like not only a billionaire, he is worth like five hundred billion dollars. Like he's the founder of mm-hmm. Alibaba. The guy is massive. Yeah. And he publicly criticized the Chinese government a couple months back and now hasn't been seen in public in two months. Like even on his own, he has a reality TV show that he is on, I guess, every week. He wasn't on it yesterday, right? So my, my point here, my, my drawback to the NBA is we, we've seen how, how petty and how serious the Chinese government takes these allegations, threats, criticisms. And I want to draw, draw that back to Houston because we saw that with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, one tweet, in support of Hong Kong and, and independence and freedom in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, completely cut ties um, between the NBA and China. Like, yeah, they've they tore posters. We've all seen the video. Like it was crazy, all from one tweet. Right. Um, and so I'm curious if all this Houston disarray, which we talked Christian. I mean, Christian was awesome. We'll get a little more to Houston, but I'm curious if this is a little more systemic than meets the eye. Uh, I know that Russell Westbrook wanted out. James Harden wants out. Daryl Morey's gone and on to a new team, right? Do you mm. think this is independent of that? I don't know. This is a total conspiracy. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been kind of like circling back to this Houston stuff because the response to that tweet was just unprecedented. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry that took a huge financial hit from this one tweet and so i wonder if these are some of the repercussions and some of the fallout from it so i'm going to keep an eye on that in houston 
Um, I don't know. I just don't know if it's totally independent of that and if truly these guys are just wanting out or if there's maybe kind of something going on behind the scenes where, like, I don't know, Houston's got to take its looks or something like that. Because Houston's been this kind of sister city to China for a long time because Yao Ming played there. Mm -hmm. They've had the Chinese jerseys, and so they've always kind of had that. That, that pathway to the NBA kind of thing. And like, they're kind of like the NBA. Now they've got blue jerseys, man. They've got blue jerseys. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. It's, I'm just saying, keep an eye on it. And more importantly, the Jack Moss story, if, you're, if you've seen that or you want to look into it, it's pretty crazy. It's not like no That's one's reporting that he is missing and like his family hasn't seen him, but he hasn't made a public appearance. And so like it's right. it is super fishy. So I don't know. Just something I wanted to kind of bring up and, uh, as I've been thinking more about it and watching Houston and kind of maybe connecting dots that don't exist, but anyway. well, you- all the conspiracy theories. And I, I'm not even that big into it, but I saw this story and I couldn't help but think of Daryl Moore <laughs> and Houston. And, I mean, the, the world revolves around money, and so NBA lost a lot of money from that tweet. I don't know, just something to think about. Huh. When you said when you said Audible, and. <laughs> Logan said you were going to talk about Sacktown. I thought you were going to make a case for Luke Walton as coach of the year. <laughs> oh, stop I, it. I did not know that's where you were going to go. The only, case, <laughs> the only case I'm going to be sending Luke Walton is one of those hymns cases, you know what I mean, for like, uh-huh. loss because it's getting bad, dude. It's, uh, it's stressful over there, huh? <laughs> it must be pretty stressful because I feel like game by game he's losing more of it. Anyways, let's let's move on. Austin, what do you got? Last, last takeaway. Well, we mentioned we mentioned it a little bit um, with uh, Houston's blue jerseys, but I'm curious if uh, city uniforms, what you guys have seen, what you've liked. It's ah. different, like looking at pictures of them and then seeing them in person. So I'm curious to know if there's something that stands out. Um, I I wasn't crazy for Charlotte's, but dude, they look good on. I they they're pretty that nice. That was gonna be I, mine. That's one of those that like. I didn't necessarily like love it. I, I I can see the appeal, but they look good on man. And they've worn them quite a few times, and so they're they're pretty cool. And I still love the Suns with that core that they did. I was so impressed with the court with the with the jerseys. But any other uh, jersey stand out to you? Have you guys seen the uh, uh, the Miami Heat the tricks are for kids memes that are out there? They 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 beat them tonight. You know you know the cups of uh, it's tricks yogurt. That's like the kind of pinkish blue swirled yogurt that you can get. <laughs> it's, it's exactly yogurt. what their jerseys look like. It's amazing. I think they oh look terrible, gosh. man. I, I I loved their vice jerseys last year, but jeez, man. Tricks are for kids, not for jerseys for adults. And I'm, I'm still waiting for Orlando to change out their basketball for just some oranges. <laughs> just throwing at the hoop. Kyle, that is the best take I have ever heard in my entire life. I saw it on Twitter. Even still, like whoever that is, my goodness, that's amazing. Go go look it up side by side. It's scary. Like the jerseys (laughs) literally look like a a, a jersey representation of Trixie Ogre. Can I bring up? Can I bring up Miami real quick? Um, Talking about their talking about their jerseys. do you guys know what Jimmy Butler's points wise averaging this year? Do you know where he fits into Miami's Miami's team points wise? Okay, don't let no. Logan answer. Logan's, Logan's gonna say seventeen. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so Bam Adebayo is leading the team at nineteen a game. Okay. You have Tyler Hero at fifteen. Okay. Goran Dragic at fifteen. Okay. Avery Bradley at fourteen. 
Duncan Robinson at 11. And then you have Jimmy Uh-oh. Butler and Kelly Olenek who come in in a tie, 8.3 points per game. I just want to point out that so many people were buying lots of Jimmy stock in the playoffs. And for oh. rightfully so, he was really good. He got some MVP but, buzz preseason. Yeah. But some, of, but some of his struggles of shooting the ball and, like, that stuff's for real. I don't I, – I, he's a good player, but they're, they're struggling. And people are like, why is Miami struggling? It's like, well, yeah, they lost Jay Crowder. We mentioned that earlier. I know I've seen a lot of that as well with Jay Crowder talking about people missing him. But like Jimmy Butler is not playing very well. Eight eight point three points a game. He's only playing. He's only playing twenty seven minutes a game right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. It's just it's just Miami. They're kind of struggling early on when everyone kind of was falling in love with them at the end of the year. Yeah, and to be fair, most of that stock wasn't in Jimmy Butler. It was in his coffee business. So that True. might have been some of the confusion. So that's where some like that, that's where my stock was, obviously. So you were in the co- the coffee side of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. I, I mistook that. I mistook that. Dude, you're an early yeah. investor. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm to you out for some stock advice. Yeah, Logan's got the coffee coffee stock. Kyle's got the, the Trix yogurt. And I got Orlando <laughs> oranges over here. Yes. We're going all in. Um, but no, I think, I think this speaks to a larger point. And I, I kind of texted you guys about this earlier this week. That I, even as a Suns fan, I am sick and tired of talking about the bubble. And... This is just me. Like, I, I think the bubble – listen, the Suns played great. They were awesome. I love the fact they went 8-0. But they would not have gone 8-0 if the season had just continued. I know that objectively, and I think we need to start talking about it objectively. The Orlando bubble was an individual circumstance that changed so many things for so many different teams. Guys weren't ready, and some guys were, and it showed. And I think Miami – took advantage of that and overachieved like crazy in that Orlando bubble situation. And I don't think it's applicable to regular NBA seasons. That's fair. I just, That's fair. Yeah. Cause I, I do think that it, I don't know, showcase some teams maybe unrealistically based off of kind of where teams were at and it, who was playing. Like me even look at the Suns, like they, they went eight and zero. A couple of those games were against a lot of teams that were sitting guys, and not not every game. There were some legitimate wins in there, but sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun though. I loved the bubble, so I like. I have really fond memories of the bubble, but I do agree mm-hmm. that like it's a new season. It's a totally like clean slate, and and we're talking about Jimmy. Jimmy killed himself in the bubble to give him some credit. Like that guy was a warrior in the playoffs. Oh, all absolutely. The finals. Absolutely. And so I think this is probably a little bit of. And it's just a natural repercussion of that, right? Um, sure. He's only played in three games, time. so I know he yeah. hasn't played. I, maybe he's been banged up, and I'm not aware of his injury. He was status, out for but... a couple of games like, in the middle of that. So, But, yeah, I mean, him and LeBron, like who – there's only a few guys that, that played more minutes over that course right. with a short break in between than those two. So, Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, Stu, was that you, – you got one more point, don't you? No, no, I'm I'm good. Those are the ones I wanted to. That cover. was it. Okay, you were going bubble, Logan. Last point. What do you got? Yeah. So my last one is, um, so obviously you know there's been lots of, you know James Harden trade talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse that, and say that with James Harden's new teammates, he's gonna want to stay. Um, blue jerseys. I mean, no, I... blue jerseys. Okay. Blue jerseys. Um, but. You've got the return of John Wall, who has looked pretty solid coming back into the season. 
Um, I think he's only I think he's only got two games in, but still, like in both games that he played tonight, he played like two days ago. Both games, he's looked good. He's been hitting his shots. He can drive well. Like he's got a little yeah. bit of bounce. Uh, but the main reason why James Harden is going to be able to stay and do well in Houston is because of Christian Wood, because that he's kid is falling out right now. Yeah, it is insane. Awesome. Um, I mean, he's twenty four points a game, ten rebounds a game. Uh, shooting 35 from the three, two blocks a game, shooting 56 from the floor, just like, just like solid, good numbers. And he's putting himself in a good position for most improved this year because he, if he can keep on this track, which the th- and that's the thing is that Houston still has a good squad. Like they're um, between Tucker and Gordon and like a starting five of Tucker, Gordon, Wood, Wall, and Harden. Like, that's a good team. Like that, like, I think we've seen, I, I think Golden State's going to fall a little bit. Um, I was really high kind of going into the season on Golden State. Um, and obviously Steph just had a career night. He just, you know, scored yeah. 62. But it, he's basically, he's basically going to have to do that almost every night if they want to even be considered for the playoffs. So I think they're going to drop down a little bit when I had them a little bit higher originally. And I think Houston's going to jump up a little bit. Because I think Houston's honestly – because I know that there's been so much drama and maybe it's just too far gone, but I really wonder if like the play from like these guys can like change Harden a little bit and kind of get him back into saying, yep, I'm like, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Christian Wood's been that good for sure. And I think people forget how good Eric, Eric Gordon is. Yeah. Um, Cause I know he had a down year last year and struggled with injuries. Most of last year, he is so talented. Like he can mm-hmm. shoot from anywhere on the court, but like he is, I think he's really underrated putting the ball on the floor and finishing in the lane. He's crafty. And he's kind of stocky. Like, he's like a, a bigger – I don't think he's, like, the tallest guard, but he's got enough size in him that he can get anywhere on the court on the floor that he wants to. And I, I've been really impressed. I've watched a couple Rockets games so far, and I thought he's looked really good. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, okay, last one. Bonus. We've given you a dozen. Uh, we wanted to give you a, a nice, great – British baking baker's dozen here. So we're going to add one more in. We teased it a little bit earlier. Uh, Got to go back to Sacktown. When in doubt, go back to Sacktown. Can we talk real quick about how Sacktown renamed their arena Ball Arena? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It's not the Pepsi Center anymore. It's Ball Arena located yep. in Sacktown. Let that resonate for a minute. So I'm in, speechless, like, truly. <laughs> and, and hey, blue jerseys. <laughs> blue jerseys. In Sackdown, in <laughs> Ball Arena, there's a player who's not Marvin Bagley the first, not Marvin Bagley Jr. He is Marvin Bagley the third, who is father Marvin Bagley Jr. This is what got me is when I was listening to this. I'm uh-huh. like, so his dad, Marvin Bagley Jr. It's weird to say dad who's a junior because Marvin's the third tweeted out and I'm sure you guys have seen it most everyone's seen it by now that he wants the Kings to trade Marvin Bagley the third. <laughs> and then De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley the third's teammate, has a father named Aaron Fox. <laughs> so Aaron Fox named his child the Aaron Fox. Of Aaron. That's what I mean. Of, of Aaron yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean these names just it's out of control. It's so hard to keep up with who's who, but there is drama in Sackdown, and I feel so bad for those fans. 
It sucks for them. They were playing know. really well too to start. Yeah, they've needed nothing good. Can, dude, it's just never good enough, man. It's not. They needed Albert in the lineup. He's been like a stabilizing force for him, and he's been out a couple mm-hmm. of games. And they look awful. They're getting destroyed right now by Golden State. Um, yeah, and I does Bagley have any trade value? I don't know. I I actually kind of like Bagley's game. I do too. I did a really good rookie year and was just hurt last year, but. Um, it's just a weird trade request for a guy that is far from like a solidified product at this point. He's and I feel bad. Is it's like a Lavar kind of relationship? I've it's the first I've ever heard of Marvin Bagley Jr. But what are your thoughts? He's got to be a center, right? Going forward, do you buy that, or do you think that he can still play the power forward? Like I just think he's got to be a center. To, to, I think he's a center. It's like it's kind of like Christian Wood, right? Like I feel like they are kind of similar styles. I think Christian Wood's obviously a little bit more – it's kind of sound a little bit crazy, but he's a little bit more developed, I would say, like a little bit more polished in what he – like he knows what he does well. No, that's and he's And he's doing that. Whereas I feel like Marvin Bagley's like – he kind of gets stuck in this like I'm supposed to shoot more threes, but like I still am good around the rim and I can rebound, but like I don't – I don't know. I feel like he's kind of in a weird spot. But I, I just think he's got to be a center going forward. I think that's where he's going to be successful is when he can play center and he can shoot and he can run and – and really help a team out in that that way. I couldn't agree more. I don't know what his trade value is, though. It, it, you're right. It is a weird situation, Kyle, because I, I picture, like, DeAndre Ayton asking for a trade. Like, it's it's around around the same – but even less so. He's even less proven right, right. Than, than DeAndre. So, like, it's, it's really hard to – to kind of gauge, I think he still has trade value based on just simple potential. For like sure. he's still number two picker overall in 2018, two years ago. Like he's, I think he's still got some potential there. And like you said, I'm, I agree with you. I like his game a lot. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause it's weird to make those rookie contracts work because they're it so is. small. So it's hard to find a guy that matches the contract that you can, that you can work with. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And didn't Buddy Heald just want out? Probably still wants out of Tyrese Halliburton. They promised him to play next to De'Aaron Fox, and he's looked really good so far. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's just a mess. And I know, like, they're not going to compete in the West right now, so maybe it's for the best. But wasn't bad. He was supposed to be, like, your young horse. I, that whole front office is gone now. Like, I've always bought into that. Like, if that front office isn't there, that didn't they didn't on the table. Him, right. Like, they're no strings attached kind of deal. So, right. it's, it's just funny. Yeah, I, I've I've actually got a I've got a good friend of mine that's that's a Sacramento that's a Sacktown fan, uh, oh, and yeah. I, I know, dude. Like we were talking, I mean, and that's coming from Phoenix fan. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's bad. That, that's that's bad. really bad. Um, and like I was kind of talking to him a little about uh, about this and everything, trying to get his perspective and everything. He's like, yeah, dude. Like the off season, like we just lost like a, we lost a couple pieces. Like the Halliburton pickup was awesome, but like the team's just like it's still just not there. Um, but like it's so weird for like his dad to come out and say that um and and the thing is like i think he does have value but like part of the problem is because like you're saying like oh she played the four or the five like he's he's shooting he he shoots like 30 percent from three and he takes on average less than one a game plus he's had injury history like uh, so it's really hard like it's this guy who like he's a decent good player but he hasn't been able to like prove himself enough to where it's like your dad can be going out on social media and saying, Hey, my son needs a better team. Like, yeah. well, 
I mean, let's let's not jump the gun there. You know, let's let's see what he can do first because he hasn't really shown too. I don't think he's shown all that much. I think he's a fine player, but he can't shoot from three, and he's yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but one of the stranger trade requests that I can remember. Uh, just a quick mm-hmm. note, I just watched Kelly Oubre hit his maybe third three of the season and blew hey, a hey. King's bench, There we go. So never changed, Kelly. Never changed. Like, still doing his thing. No, actually, he's three for five tonight. Just saw that stack come up. Good for him. Making a couple more shots. Hey, any, any Golden State fans who are worried about Kelly Oubre, like, is that – I? I still believe that that is going to normalize. Like he, he's too good of a player yeah. in Phoenix, man. Like all the love to Kelly. Like he, he's, he's, he's going to do. He's going to. I think he's going to help win them a lot of games by the end of the year. Like they're going to be successful if he's successful, and I think he's going to get it figured out. And so, I, I'm not the highest on Golden State. I'm not the biggest like Golden State, you know, supporter. But I, I do think that it's going to stay. I think Kelly's going to stabilize. At least I, I don't know about Wiggins. I'm not putting any stock into Wiggins, but. <laughs> When it comes to Ubre, like I think it's gonna start to start to stabilize a little bit. Yeah, he's a hard worker. All right, well before we get out of here, Stu, I want you to uh, want you to drop the uh, announcement for next week. Do you have any other thoughts, Stu, that you wanted to rattle off? Yeah. Before we close up, I just have one more that I want to run by you yeah. guys because we 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 got into a little bit with James Harden and now with Marvin Bagley. What are you guys' thoughts on the whole player empowerment movement in general? Because over the last few years, we've seen that come to a head and, like, guys are taking liberty. And I think it started with LeBron, but then you see things like Kawhi with San Antonio just refusing to play. Um, and that there were different circumstances going on there. But, but like, I, it, it's kind of annoyed me to, to an extent. Um, and I think it, it really affects the game. So I'm interested to hear your guys' take just overall on the whole player empowerment movement in general. It's a, yeah, it's a great question. We could do a whole podcast on that. So I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I am very for it. And I think it probably oversteps its bounds in cases like Harden. But I just – there's been so many crappy owners over the years. So you can go back to the Clippers and, and Sterling and, I mean, right in Phoenix, New York. The only this, the two cities I've lived in the last couple of years have two of the worst owners in all the sports. So I'm all for the players, like – making more of that money, making more of their own decisions and giving less power to these owners and front offices um, just on that basis. So I know it definitely kind of toes that line, probably crosses over that line from time to time. And there's probably going to be a point where like it's got to swing, the pendulum has to swing back a little bit, but I've in general on a macro level been more in favor of the players holding that power just because I'd, I'd rather have it in their hands. They're the, they're the talent. They're the celebrities. They're who people are coming to see. And I think it kind of sucks looking back decades ago where these owners just completely got whatever they wanted and willed their way into whatever. And so that's my, my thoughts on it. But. Yeah. I, I'm okay with players having power because I think that it, it's at the end of the day, I think it's better for the league that way. The one thing that I, I do get frustrated with is I think like Buddy Hill's a good example where Obviously, he was frustrated, but he got he got paid. Like he got a contract extension, and like was more than willing to sign on the dotted line for the money. But then turns around and and is frustrated with the coach and the situation, and doesn't show up. And I guess like more what I have a problem with is I I don't mind if guys, you know, go go to management or go to go to their team and say, hey, you know, I would prefer to be out. I'd prefer to go somewhere else. Um, but I I do hate like the spectacle of it, and I do think that it it 
it like the league suffers when like there's some of these issues and I, I just don't like when a guy's like give me my money but then like I still have a problem with this this and this to me I, that kind of frustrates me but I do think it's better for the league if players overall have have power like I never I never knocked LeBron when he went one and ones every single year and like he kept his he kept control and it's like I, he gets asked a lot of questions about it which is which is fair from the media perspective but he was in control of his contract and that's the way he wanted it. I have no problem with that. Um, I just have a problem when like guys commit long-term because they want the payday and then they can't show up and they can't, they can't perform even if they still want out and they ask out. I just, I still think there's a, a line where it's like, you got to do your job. You got to show up and be, be active. Yeah. I think, I think that's my biggest thing. It's kind of the new age of the, of the empowerment thing that we're seeing with Kawhi and James is when you, are getting paid and then you start refusing to come to practice or start refusing to play games because you want out or because you want a different situation. I think that's where it kind of, it kind of gets, gets me is I'm cool with you asking for a trade. I'm cool with, with all of that, but you're getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball. So if we're still paying you, I think you should still play basketball at to your highest level. All, all I, the only other thing I have to say on that is if James Harden ends up playing for the Shanghai Sharks, we all know who's really in, in power here. So just want to leave it at that. <laughs> Stuart, who do we got coming on next week, man? This is, you know, I think you set this up. And so huge credit to you for this, but take it away. Yeah, man, we're going to, we're going to elevate and detonate. Absolutely. With Tom Leander next week. Love it. Um, yeah. Play, play announcer. Um, in games, if, if you're in Arizona, I think he does the pregame show and the halftime show and postgame show with Tom Chambers um, in Arizona. Been doing it um, for years. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he's going to be next any, week. Any, any Phoenix Suns fan, and honestly, truly, if you're, prob- if you're a big fan of the NBA, you probably know who Tom Leander is. He's just one of the coolest guys. Um, he, I think he, he knows these players. He's so, he's so involved. Um, he's got good relationships with players, and – I'm just excited to hear some of the some of the he's been witnessing so many great Suns basketball games. It'll be fun to break that down with him and to kind of go through everything with him. And so he's just one of the coolest guys. I'm I'm super excited for the chance to have him on the podcast and let everyone else kind of um, meet him and get to know him a little bit. He's he's an awesome guy. Yeah, so that'll be a segment next week. So we'll uh, we'll have a, a segment with probably all of us on it, and then we're gonna have a shorter segment with Tom Leander. Uh, I think. Uh, Stuart Austin are going to jump on that and and so yeah looking forward to that definitely tune back in for uh, Tom Leander's segment but uh, yeah thanks for hanging out with us uh, we're two weeks into the season we'll have a lot more content going forward to the season and like we were saying we really want to expand the platform this year we got Tom Leander on next week so excited about that uh, we'd love to have some more guests on we'd love to get some more fan interaction so we'll uh, we'll shoot out our, our, our kind of uh, Twitter handle by next week and, and want some feedback and try to get a mailbag episode in here pretty quickly. So appreciate all the listeners out there. Thank you so much. If you can rate and subscribe, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're pretty much everywhere. And uh, we're really going to kind of kick this into high gear going forward. So thanks for hanging out with us. If you're a new listener, thank you so much and, and, and tell your friends. So appreciate you guys and we will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.